Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, welcome to the jungle indeed. The jungle that is week one NFL preseason. You are back with another episode of Woo Fantasy right here. Ready to roll, ready to rock, cover some NFL preseason news and notes. We've got some fun and games. Yes, yeah, we do have some fun and games. Not so much uh, fun and games uh, out there over the last few days for some of these NFL players. Isn't that right, Mr. Heffley? A lot of injuries out there. Wow, I was just thinking earlier in the week, it's like, wow, we haven't really had any fantasy-relevant injuries, and then all of a sudden, boom. Yeah, hit like a hammer, quick. Uh, didn't take long. Of course, uh, of course, the big uh, the big shoe that fell was the, uh, the Darius Geis bomb dropped uh, on Friday this past week with the with the ACL tear, which we'll, uh, we'll kind of delve in more to uh, Darius Geis and the ramifications that uh, his injury will have on the team and your fantasy drafts here in a little bit once we uh, we talk about the Redskins on our training camp uh, tour as we continue this week with the NFC East and the NFC North. Uh, but, yeah, Geis, Geis injury news. Uh, Colts lose a promising young rookie, uh, Deion Kane, to an ACL as well. Brandon Murkison favorite thing. Uh, well, I mean, it's, Done. it's uh, yeah, that was a late round value that I was looking at uh, in some leagues, and haven't really had the chance to draft him just yet because there's I've been you know, I've been in some drafts with some other like minded individuals, and you know they were going after him just as well as I was, and hadn't been able to get my hands on him, so I'm safe in that regard. But that does open up the door for. Uh, Nick's boy, uh, Ryan Grant, to right. fall into the starting role, so to speak. I think he was there already, Brandon. But what, whatever makes you sleep at night. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I am not a big proponent of Ryan Grant. I just think he's a, just an also ran in this offense. It's going to be the T.Y. Hilton show with Jack Doyle, with the uh, now looking like he's back to normal, completely healthy Andrew Luck. Uh, that we saw. It looked impressive. Yeah. yeah, it looked yeah. impressive. Uh, yeah, I, I needed after drafting him last year in the uh, SBFFC. Uh, granted, I, I I was able to get Stafford, but uh, you know I'm sure if you draft him out there, you probably want to get a get a similar backup. But 
No, nah, I mean, I think I think luck is going to start start moving up draft boards, uh, especially as, as we get in this week. I know, you know, I was one of those guys. Hey, I, I just kind of want to see it. I want to see it from my own two eyes that he's back, that he doesn't have uh, you know a hiccup out there. And he, he looked good. I'm, I'm I'm you know certainly moving him up on my uh, draft boards, but I think he's one of those guys by draft. Even this year, same thing. I I, def, I definitely want that uh, that backup to be able to hamstring him just in case. Yeah, I mean, I've just published a new set of rankings at Roto Experts just yesterday. Uh, I myself have moved up Andrew Luck in my uh, positional ranking as well. So I think he's uh, slid up to about the eighth spot uh, currently uh, with more uh, more games to come, more eyes on Andrew Luck. Who knows? He might be moving up just to even a little bit more uh, after the preseason as we get into uh, towards the regular season. But uh I think he's going to be back to the old Andrew look, the way it looks right now. So you can already kind of assume that the guy's going to have this uh, top five potential if everything holds true. Like we keep talking about, the defense is going to be bad. This team's going to be playing from behind. So uh, opportunities for points abound for Mr. Andrew Luck uh, this year. So I am buying in on Andrew Luck at the right price. That is what we continue to preach on Woo Fantasy, get your guys, but get them at the right price. Uh, any uh, any other little things, any tidbits of information that's kind of come up over the course of the weekend with these preseason games you wanted to touch on real quick? Uh, you know, I, I know just kind of going into some of the injuries, uh, I know, um, you know, Brandon and I have, have have really harped on it, especially, you know, make sure, make sure and secure the backup to your some of your top running backs out there, you know, just going through some of the, the injuries here, you got Sonny Michelle is going to be out, uh, you know, a little while there. Jarek McKinnon, you know, had uh, a little bit of a scare today. And and his backup, Matt Breida, I mean, I, who knows who the heck the, the starting running back is right now uh, in, in San Francisco. Um, Isaiah Crowell, I uh, was just looking. I know he's uh, he's one of, been one of my favorites. Had a concussion. Concussion. Um, concussion. Marlon Mack, uh, another Hefley favorite, is, uh, is injured and going to miss a couple of weeks. Doesn't look like it's anything – uh, series that's gonna, you know, really affect some of his time. But, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, huge going in. I know we got the SBFFC draft, uh, this weekend here is, uh, certainly something I'm gonna be doing. I'm definitely gonna be, you know, getting, uh, getting the handcuff to, to my top guys out there because these running backs are fragile. I mean, there's not a lot of bell cows out there, but, uh, you know, even, even some of the bigger guys, even some of the guys that are in, you know, that second, third tier that are gonna be your two and three running backs. It's it's going to be more important, uh, I think, than ever to go ahead and, and just make sure and go get that uh, that handcuff out. There. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the handcuff. James Connors, another guy that just had come down with an, a groin injury in practice for the Steelers earlier today, so he's missing time. Le'Veon Bell's not in camp, so now you're looking at you know the guys like Jalen Samuels getting more snaps in practice, and yeah, uh, Toussaint's getting more practice reps. Stephen Ridley's getting more practice reps. So, He's still in the league, Stephen Ridley. Wow, Stephen Ridley, yeah, flying down the depth chart for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, they uh, they signed him late last year, and he's held on to the the roster spot. But like you mentioned, uh, you know, Marlon Mack with a hamstring injury, I think that's going to be problematic as we get into the regular season for Mack, and that's also a reason why I'm down on the player. I don't think he he's going to be able to withstand the touches that they would want to give him in that featured back role. So uh, that's why I'm down on him, and then that's going to give him. They're the, going to lead the Colts into giving more reps to guys like Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins, who is starting to impress the coaches 
that's going to be a name to keep an eye on late in drafts as a Jordan Wilkins that you're talking about handcuffing. If you go after Marlon Mack, make sure you go and get a Jordan Wilkins type late in your draft just to cover yourself. Uh, you also mentioned Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, he had a major scare at 49ers camp, went in for the MRI. Now they're calling it just a calf strain officially. Uh, so expect for him to kind of miss some time with practice and everything like that. You mentioned Breida being out as well with the shoulder. Uh, opens the right door along with Joe Breida. Williams. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I know, I know Joe Williams was somebody a lot of people were on last year before he got hurt, but you know, right there sticking a Niner camp. Uh, I know uh, a tight end favorite, George Kittle. Yep. Uh, that, that I know I had last year in some leagues, and I was looking forward to if I, uh, you know, didn't exactly go tight end early, you know, but. But the one thing that that does open up, and, and definitely keep this in mind, you know, when you're starting your drafts here is, you know, especially in leagues that you can, you know, use a flex spot on a tight end, George Kittle's a great guy. He's going to be back, it looks like, by week one. Um, he's, he's a guy that I think with this he's going to slip a little bit and may make it a good value pick as a, as a backup tight end because I think he's going to be uh, he's going to be sniffing the end zone a little bit with some of these smaller stature wide receivers there uh, in San Francisco. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Kittle's kind of a guy that the target late. If you you wait on the position in your drafts or if you 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 feel the need to take a tight end, you know, a tight end two in your drafts just to cover yourself, you know, Kittle's the guy to go after. Yeah, he's he's likely going to see a lot of targets in that offense, the way that things are going to be run. I uh, just got to hope he stays healthy. Yeah, and that's the thing now is as you get into your drafts, you gotta you got to hope your guys stay healthy getting into the regular season. So if you have these early drafts, like in the early part of August, even going into July, maybe even this, you know, say this next week or two, like some of the drafts a lot of us are going to be involved in, uh, you, you draft the name and then you just cross your fingers and you hold your breath and hope that they're ready to go come week one. Uh, it's a scary, scary time of year right now uh, as you get prepared and ready to go for fantasy football. <laughs> And after you draft, yeah. <laughs> it's even scarier after then. All right, yeah, I, I drafted. I drafted Tom Brady. All right, sit his ass down. I don't want you playing until week one. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, we've all been there. We've all we've all drafted the guys that have gotten hurt or you know, guys that get cut right before the season starts. Most often, not those are kickers. People are just throwing darts at the wall to hope to grab a kicker and throw into the throw into the roster spot, and then he just doesn't make the team. So. Or, you know, you've, all, you've, you've drafted Chad Pennington, and then 10 minutes later in the preseason game, he gets hurt and he's done for the year, right, Brandon? Yeah, that's, that was, gosh, that goes back to what? That's easily, about 10 years ago, what now, that's right? Probably 15 years ago at this point. Jeez. Has to be, yeah. Chad, Chad Pennington. Chad Pennington is my uh, backup quarterback in a draft while we were in that I thought he, was your, he wasn't your number one. He I was, thought, he I thought was not my number here. one. No, no, that's a backup quarterback. I can't tell you who my number one was that year because that's how memorable uh, that year was, I guess. I, who knows? I don't know. Like, any, that was the year that – who I can't even tell you. I mean, I know it was the year of the draft. The, it was one of the years that you and I both won leagues in this uh, – yeah, in that certain league. We won each of the uh, the two separate leagues of that one. So, uh, but, yeah, I, you know, sustained, I sustained the Chad Bennington injury – Came down fresh off the wire, probably about ten to fifteen minutes after making the pick. So yeah, it's it's never a great feeling out sitting in a draft room, that's for sure. But it couple just a couple other things real quick it, um, is keeping an eye on that Seattle Seahawks backfield situation. You know, we keep hearing the Chris Carson news; he's the starter. Yada yada yada. Uh, he gets the start in the preseason game the other night. 
potentially looks better on the field. Granted, it is the first game action that Rashad Penny's seen in the pros. You have to assume that that's going to get better, but Chris Carson did outplay him in week one in the preseason, probably strengthening the hold that he might have on that starting job right now. Uh, So you're going to start to see uh, Rashad Penny, his ADP starts to slip down draft boards a little bit and get him into that fourth and fifth round area. And you're going to see, I think, Carson's ADP. I think he's, I was looking earlier today, and his ADP is starting to uh, get under the uh, the overall 100 range. So uh, folks are starting to buy in on that situation as well. So that's one to monitor. Uh, and then, of course, Royce Freeman and the, uh, the Devontae Booker situation in Denver. We watched that game last night. Uh, Royce Freeman looked looked good in the time that he was on the field. Devontae Booker got the start, I think played the first series, and that was it, and he was out of there. So you couldn't really tell uh, in terms of you know, how he looked on the field yesterday. But uh, as things are going right now, you got Royce Freeman that's getting drafted as a, a, a low-end RB2, high-end RB3 in drafts where Booker's kind of more of a, of an afterthought. People are getting him, grabbing him a little bit later on. They're just not believing in Royce or Devontae Booker currently at the moment. And all the indications are, by the way, uh, the game shaped out last night. Yeah, Freeman is the guy to go with right now. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, let's take that with a grain of salt. I mean, this came late in the second quarter, playing against a lot of backups. Um, for, for the Vikings defense, there weren't a lot of starters out there. So let's, let's take it with a little bit of a grain of salt there. But I, I'm definitely not discounting the fact that Royce Freeman looked really good. Um, I think, I think, you know, uh, that situation in Seattle, um, you know, even going into Tampa Bay, I think this is going to be one of these weird situations to where, again, we're talking about handcuffing your guys. I think this is going to be one of those weird, you know, weird years to where you're drafting the rookie and drafting them in round four, five, six. Getting the actual starter a, a little bit two, three, four rounds later um, in there. So I mean, this is just one of those weird years to where you know rookies are getting hyped up. They're going to be getting drafted a little bit higher. Peyton Barber had a great game the other night. Yeah, uh, had a, had a, had a score twenty one yards, average five yards uh, a clip. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, granted, I mean, I, I think the tough thing for some of these some of these running backs here that, that we're talking about that are, you know, currently in the starting role is they, they don't get a lot of, uh, they don't get a lot of catches. Um, same thing with Garrett Blunt. I mean, you know, Carrion Johnson had a great night the other night. Um, you know, you got a lot of these guys that are, that are in the starting role right now that, you know, if they were getting receptions, I think we'd be looking at them in a different light, but they don't. So I, I think that's why, you know, certainly I'm hoping that the rookies, uh, in these cases are taking over because, 
they're the guys that are going to be, uh, you know, worth the most, especially in PPR leagues. But, you know, it's, it's a whole lot of guys not getting catcher right now. There's going to be a lot of muddied running back situations. This year, yeah. A lot. A lot of these uh, rookie running backs and incumbent starter situations are going to be definitely things to monitor as we get through the next couple of weeks of the preseason. So yeah, I'm with you there. Um, but on to uh, the continuation of the training camp tour. Uh, like I said, we're on the NFC East and NFC North this week. Uh, we're going to start it off with the NFC East. And might as well start it off with the defending Super Bowl champions, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, getting into uh, training camp, getting into the season, everything like that. You got Carson Wentz. Uh, looks like he's going to be back to health, ready to go come week one. So that's going to be something to. Uh, that's more of a boom for this uh, this offense, I think, than if Nick Foles were to start the first couple of weeks, as they were kind of being cautious with a Carson Wentz type, but. Uh, the backfield and the receiver situations are what we're going to kind of touch on more than anything with this team is because you know Carson Wentz is going to be drafted as a QB1. Uh, but how do you shake out with the backfield? And how does the uh, the receiving core shake out? That's the, the question we have to answer here. Running back situation, you've got Jay Jay, you've got Corey Clement, you've got Darren Sproles. Uh, Donnell Pumphrey, the guy they drafted early last year from San Diego State, I think is uh, on the roster bubble currently and might not make the team. So what, uh, what are we looking at here with the uh, the Eagles and that running back situation? There, there's a whole lot of mouths to feed here. Um, I think if there's one player I actually want to own outside of uh, outside of Zacherts, who is uh, you know easily one of the top three tight ends in the league, uh, it's it's Carson Wentz. I mean, Carson Wentz is going to have a lot of weapons to throw the ball to. Uh, things are going to be one of those deals he spreads the ball around a lot. So, J.H.I. is not really somebody that I'm just all about right now. I think if there's one guy, at least in the backfield, that I want to touch, uh, it's probably Corey Clement. Uh, is definitely somebody that, uh, you know, I had a, had a great postseason last year. I think he's got some things to prove. Uh, Darren Sproles, you know, I haven't heard a lot of talk about him. You know, he might be one of those guys that, you know, later on in rounds, you know, he's going to get his two, three, four, five catches a game where, you know, he may not score, but you get that one week, especially in some of your deeper leagues out there to where you get somebody like him. You know, he might be a worth uh, a late round flyer in the last year he's going to play. Um, yep, I agree with that. Uh, you know, JJ, he's kind of a guy that. They, there's a lot of word coming out of the campus that they're going to give him more of a, a full-time role this year. Uh, going to give him more of the more of the carries, more of the workload, but you know, that remains to be seen. Uh, like you said, and even going back into uh, you know, the flex draft that I did in D.C. last weekend, I drafted Corey Clement. I do like him as, as a guy that you can kind of target later on in kind of the – and the rounds like 11, 12 area you know, where you're taking a shot on a guy that hopes he can kind of come out and win that job. I think Corey Clement's going to be a type of guy that can do that for you. Uh, Clement coming off at an ADP of 47 at the position right now, uh, where Jai is at 20. Uh, so there's you got the distinct uh, separation between those two in drafts right now. Uh, Darren Sproles all the way down to 70. So a lot big difference in these three backs. I just I can't I can't pull the trigger in drafts that I've done so far on a Jai. Just a name that I think it's this offense in general is going to be too much of a spread it around type offense. Um, and I just I don't think that uh, a Jai is going to give you those guaranteed uh, touches week in week out. 
that's going to be somebody, a guy that you want to count on as your RB two, and that's where he's going to be coming off the board in drafts. So, yeah, there's just there's so many there's so many running backs around where JJ is going right now that that I think have a lot more upside than what he does. Um, I you know the I, I keep thinking about him like you know are we discounting what JJ has done you know in the last couple of years and you know I, I, it's it's hard. I mean he's had you know 2016 eight touchdowns. Last year was was not a good year. Granny had the change of scenery there, but. You know, are are we discounting Jai too much? You know, it, are we are we not looking at something right with him? Because I mean, just you know, he's one of those guys. He's a good name guy, but you know, are we are, are we looking over something? No, I don't, I don't think we are with JJ. I think what you saw last year in Philadelphia is what you're going to get this year in Philadelphia. Said, you know, where when he was with Miami in 2016 and in the early part of 2017, he's the centerpiece of that offense. Uh, everything flows through him. You don't have to do that in Philadelphia. So uh, I think you're going to go after a guy that, I mean, he's going to have to be the touchdown scorer and dependent on the touchdown scoring for you to draft him where he's currently coming off the board at. But can you really count on him to score those touchdowns? That's something that I'm just not sure on at the moment. Yeah. Uh, So what's what's your take of the wide receiver position? I know you're big. I know you're big on Alshon. Well, like I'm starting to kind of cool off on Alshon. It's just, it, I mean, he's still he's still on the pup. He's not practicing. Uh, I don't I don't know if I take that as they're trying to be cautious with Jeffrey. You know, let him get fully healthy. You know, don't use up any of his reps before the season starts because you know the knock on Alshon Jeffrey has always been the fact that he cannot stay healthy. Uh, so. And maybe they're just trying to kind of keep his uh, keep his numbers down a little bit before he gets onto the field to start the season. Uh, but it's just you know last year he gets goes for nine touchdowns, but the yardage wasn't there seven hundred eighty nine yards. So it's that's going to be something you're going to have to keep an eye on with this offense in general this year. Yeah, they scored they scored on a lot of big plays or a lot of short fields, and that's where Carson Wentz was really dangerous was after turnovers and getting touchdowns for you. Uh, they got to improve on the passing offense this year. That's uh, and these receivers. I mean, you got Jeffrey Nelson Aguilar is a guy that's also missing practice time right now as well. Um, but his role is pretty well defined as that slot receiver in this offense, kind of the big play threat. I think he's second line. He'll he'll be second line as far as the receivers goes. And you know, like what you mentioned already, with Zach Ertz. I think he's going to be the top option uh, easily in the passing attack. Um, but outside of that, I mean, you're looking at guys like Mike Wallace, the uh, the heavily favorite Mac Hollins uh, that we continue to mention, who's kind of trying to come up the the depth part depth chart on this team as well. So depth chart, the depth that's chart. A, yeah. That's, that's going to be hard to get out of. Well, you know, you see all these injuries on this uh, this roster right now, and the fact that they're not practicing, you know, you could call it the death chart because they can't get on the field. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, for I, me, I'm just kind of, I, I started out hot on Jeffrey. I thought there's loads of potential this year, but now I'm just, I'm cooling off a little bit. I think his price was too high there for a while. Uh, I need his ADP to kind of flatten out more for me to be interested in, in an Alshon Jeffrey right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Alshon's a solid two out there. I mean, if I'm getting him, you know, hopefully late round three, you know, that that round four, you know, you know, maybe even pushes with his injury into five, which I don't, I don't, 
think I'm. I don't think that's going to happen. But, yeah, he's starting to right uh, now. ADP is 24 at receiver, 56 overall. So yeah, he's a. So yeah, so going around five. That, wow. He's into that I mean, fifth round right now. I mean that that's. I mean that's the kind of that's the kind of space right now to where I am. You know, I, I think you got to start looking to be a buyer on him, but. Um, Nelson Aguilar, I think this kind of, I think what we saw last year is about, you know, the max of what he's going to be able to do. Um, Mike Wallace, I, you know, I, I think he's done. Uh, I think, you know, you might have a three or four touchdown kind of year, but I, I'm telling you, I, I don't, again, Matt Collins is, is one of those guys, man. I, I'm going to try to take him late in every draft. And, um, you, you know, you got the kind of offense here that it is, it is right for somebody like Matt Collins to, to take hold. So. Just remember, whenever this happens, I, I called it here first. <laughs> he called it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, maybe, maybe that rings true. Maybe Matt Collins finds a uh, finds that lucky horseshoe and can provide something to your fantasy teams this year, late in your draft. I think Matt Collins is a guy that, you know, if you're getting into a draft, it's like twenty, twenty-two rounds, deep rosters. Sure, maybe. Yeah. But if sixteen round these, draft, that's a little much. Yeah, if you're in these standard like sixteen to eighteen round drafts, there's just there's no way. There's too much other talent on the board. Uh even late in drafts that yeah, I'm gonna take a shot on a guy like a Mac Collins, so yeah, I agree. Yeah, he could provide something. I think it's more of a he's a guy that you can get in some best ball drafts. Maybe he has a week or two here and there that kinda helps you win a week. Uh but really more of a dynasty play, I think. because yeah, your dynasty leagues are gonna have deeper rosters. Guys that you can have sitting on the bench, you know, let things play out. And so I do think, I think he provides a little bit more depth in a Ross in a dynasty setup. So, um, but yeah, sounds like uh, we are down on this uh, receiving core for the Philadelphia Eagles, even though the offense should be great. Again, the offense should be good. Again, Wentz, I'm I'm all about Wentz. I mean, I've got I've got Wentz uh, as uh, as my fourth rated quarterback. Uh, I think he's gonna be right back doing what he was doing last year when. Um, you know, I, I know I was a big proponent of him and got him as my number two quarterback uh, out there in a lot of leagues. And, you know, he, he was right there leading me to the playoffs in a lot of leagues last year. So, you know, I, I think he is he's just going to go out there and he's going to sling the ball around and, and they're going to have a lot of chances, especially with that division. And, you know, the cornerback's not exactly being great in that division there. He's going to come out and have a lot of big offensive week sketch. Yep, I agree with that. So, uh Kind of, we're we're buying, we're we're wooing Carson Wentz as a podcast. We're technically booing the receivers and the running backs, and holding firm on Zach Ertz. Uh, I have him as my third tight end off the board right now, so I think that's solid for Zach Ertz. So. Agreed. So moving on, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and cover the uh, the home favorite here, the Dallas Cowboys. Disappointing season last year. Boo. Yeah, boo all you want to. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, disappointing season last year. You know, the Zeke suspension, you know, which if you followed me on my other podcast last year that I was on uh, with two, uh, the two-man band podcast last year, we had, we had an episode, and it actually popped up on my memories on Facebook the other day. Uh, just that when the news of the suspension came down and just the utter tirade I went on on that podcast, it was epic. So definitely one to go back and uh, pull up and listen to. So coming into this season, we're ready to roll. Everybody's everybody's good. Elliot's Elliot's not getting suspended for some bogus criminal charge. Uh, 
you know, even though Dak Prescott's getting hounded by the media because he thinks kneeling for the anthem is a bad idea, God forbid somebody speaks their mind in the NFL. Um, offense, you know, we keep talking about the receiver core. You know, game one the other night, uh, you, you have to like what you saw out of uh, Michael Gallup and the way he looked with Dak Prescott one on catch. that first drive. So one one catch, but on a just smoking hot route that he beats Jimmy Ward on uh, on to the corner of the end zone. So I liked what I saw out of this offense in week one of the preseason. They only played the one drive. Zeke did not play. Rod Smith looked great behind this offensive line. Um, I think Dallas is going to be a, a team that you can kind of sleep on right now, but they're going to provide a little bit for you in, in some fantasy games this year. Uh, so, what uh, I let me hear the uh, the the haterade take from Nick Heffley on the Dallas offense. Yeah, I, I'm definitely not looking this through uh, through you know drunk glasses like you are. Uh, this offense is going to be horrible this year. Notwithstanding, I do I do think uh, Zeke Elliott is gonna is gonna be uh, very worthy of, of a top four running back selection. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think he's going to have a great year. But, you know, I think we're talking about two different things there. I don't, I don't think the Cowboys are, are going to offensively have a very good year as a team. Um, that being said, Zeke Elliott's going to have a, a very good year. This offense is going to go right through him. Uh, Rod Smith is, is, you know, he was a guy last year that provided a little value, five touchdowns last year. Uh, so don't sleep on him as, you know, again, handcuffing him or, or, you know, just imagine if Zeke does go down for whatever reason or, or he does something to piss off Roger Goodell again. Rod Smith is going to be a, a top back there. So don't sleep on him. Uh, wide receiver wise, um, you know, I, I'm just not impressed by, by anybody in this group. Uh, outside of Michael Gallup. Uh, I mean, we've seen what Terrence Williams can do, uh, and it ain't much. Zero touchdowns last year. Um, Alan Hearns is somebody I think could, could at least, um, have a little bit of value there as like a wide receiver four, but, uh, Michael Gallup is the one guy that I want to own, uh, in here. Uh, uh, Pro Football Focus's number one rated rookie wide receiver, uh, coming in the draft out of Colorado State. Um, he showed why on that one touchdown that, that, I personally think that he could have a really, really good year this year. But tight end-wise, there, there's nothing to write home about with these guys. I mean, Swain, the Jarwin kid is the one guy that, that could be a little impressive. But from everything I've heard, Brandon, these these guys are mainly blocking tight ends. They're not exactly sexy as a receiver out there. But let's, let's hear the, the rose-colored view of 
the the Eastern uh, Conference champion there, Dallas Cowboys, from you. Let's. Uh, I would like to preface this first and foremost by pointing out that last year, first four games of the season, Dak Prescott was there. I think in his first six games, first it was four or six games into the season, Dak Prescott was the number four quarterback overall in fantasy with Zeke Elliott playing every snap behind this offensive line. So I think Dak Prescott is a guy that's getting drafted 17, 17th off the board at the position, getting drafted around Patrick Mahomes, Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr, Alex Smith of the, of the world. I mean, it's he's a guy that if you've got a steady quarterback as your quarterback one and you want to go the route of getting a second quarterback, I think you can't really do any worse than a Dak Prescott. I think he'll be able to provide you some very, very big weeks rushing and passing uh, with this team. I think we've seen what he can do with Zeke Elliott in that backfield. He gets the benefit of the doubt. You know, the team defense, opposing defenses are going to stack the box against this team, try to shut down the run. That only that just leaves the door wide open for single coverage all over the field, and all he has to do is sit back and pick a team apart. And he shows he can do that, given the time in the backfield. So. Dak Prescott, for me, is a solid quarterback, too. With that upside, I think he's being a little bit undervalued right now. Um, I mean, even what we saw just with the one drive, I think a lot of people are wanting to talk about how bad he's been in camp. You know, this conversation that Nick and I had the other night uh, where the NFL Network was reporting their their funds, non-reporting uh, sideline woman that was uh, apparently not doing any homework uh, reported that he had yet to throw a touchdown pass in practice, uh, but yet I could, at the just the touch of my fingertips, could pull up numerous video after video after video and send to uh, Young Heffley here showing him passes being thrown in practice of Dak, Dak Prescott for touchdowns. So, way to go, NFL Network. I would like to commend you on your solid, solid homework on your player evaluations. Great job, guys. But anyways... Dak Prescott. Turns out, it was, turns out it was seven on seven, but anyway. Seven on seven, but even still, as soon as you mentioned that, 11 on 11 scores were being had at that moment. So, yeah, it's it, like I mentioned, like I mentioned to Nick, you know, it might be a little bit of a conspiracy theorist in me from last year and what this league did to Zeke Elliott. But with Dak making the comments that the stance that he is taking on, you know, Jerry Jones and what he has to say as far as this whole anthem issue. And the way the media is in general these days, just uber sensitive. Don't be shocked to see this team just try to paint a negative light on that quarterback because they're he's not speaking, you know, not drinking their Kool Aid, not speaking the way that they want him to speak. You know, creating a controversy, just saying what he wants to say and abiding by it. So, I would not be shocked to see him be painted in a negative light all season long. So. But, like I said, with Dak Prescott, I'm I'm in on him as a quarterback, too. I would draft him late and be totally fine with it. I think we've seen that he can reduce fantasy numbers with all the pieces being in place on this offense like they currently have now. Um, yeah, they're not good pieces, though. Yeah, they're pieces. If, if they're bodies. Look at they're, it, not, Des, they're not good. Des Bryant was nowhere near as good as what people thought he was just because of what, who he was and his name that he had on the back of his jersey. Guy couldn't separate from an old man running down the sideline with a walker. So, I mean, all he turned into was just a short burst over the middle type of receiver anymore. He couldn't separate, couldn't get down the field. And you're better off with a Michael Gallup right now 
Uh, you're not paying the contract to Des Bryant. You can use that money elsewhere. Michael Gallup, like Nick just said, I think is going to be in store for a very good year. He's getting he's getting criminally underdrafted right now. I think he's happy with that. Yeah, I mean, but if he comes out and has another game like he did the other night, scores another touchdown in another preseason game, strap the rocket to this guy because the guy's ADP is going to go flying through the roof. Uh, everybody's going to be dry, you know, drinking that Michael Gallup Kool Aid. But you know, we talked about you know Terrence Williams. I'm completely out on. I just, the the team continues to trot him out on the field because was the wide receiver coach said uh, after practice the other day that he loved his toughness and his instincts, but the toughness and instincts don't score me fantasy points. So, and they I, never they never will. They never, they never will. will. So the I, Alan Hearns, Alan Hearns is going to be more valuable as a PPR guy this year for this Dallas Cowboys team than he will be in a standard. I don't think you're going to see him as a guy that's going to get you into the end zone very much. I think that's going to be Michael Gallup's job. Uh, so Gallup, for me, I'm, I have no problems drafting him as a wide receiver four right now for me. A four? As a four. I mean, I mean, I would I, I would hope I'm drafting him as more like a five uh, and hoping he works up to being my three or four. But if I'm drafting him as my four, I don't know that I necessarily am in luck with that. But I guess if you take a wait-and-see approach on wide receiver here and start attacking some of the other positions, maybe that's a good strategy. But yeah. I, I at least want to see a little bit more on in, in PBR terms to make sure he's not one of these guys that, you know, he's going to catch two and three balls a game. You know, I, I'd love for my, I'd love for my number four to at least be more of a more of a volume guy. But hey, nonetheless, I, in in general in this offense, I mean, it for me, it is literally Zeke and Michael Gallup, and that's all I'm touching. Yeah, I mean, you, I've said from day one, even going back before the NFL draft, that this offense is going to be nothing but uh, Zeke Elliott in terms of fantasy potential this year, and I, I mean, I'll stick to it. I think Zeke's going to be a guy that's going to get hammered with touches week in and week out this year. You know, the team just announced today that he was going to play in the, the preseason preseason week three, and that's probably going to be the only action that you see out of Zeke Elliott in the preseason, which I'm fine with. Yeah, keep him healthy. Keep the legs fresh. Guy's going to have a chip on his shoulder to just shove it back in Roger Goodell's face this year. Yeah, if he comes out and he leads the league in rushing this year, and they go to the playoffs and make a run, watch out. I mean, you thought you thought two years ago the whole Tom Brady saga and everyone just was ready to see Roger Goodell hand the guy the trophy. I would I would give my right leg to see this Dallas Cowboys team make a run just to shove it in Goodell's face after he what he did to this team last year. So for me, like I said, yeah, Ezekiel Elliott, easy easily one of the top picks off the board. You could make the case for him to be the top overall player on the board if you want to in a standard format league for sure. Uh, but he's sure. going to be drafted anywhere from one to four in a lot of these drafts unless somebody gets a little frog. Once you get a little froggy and jump on an Antonio Brown at four, let Zeke slide one spot. Or you know, even still a guy that we're going to talk about here in a second, Saquon Barkley. Somebody's probably going to get excited about him and take him early. So let, let's go. Let's go ahead and start talking about so the Giants there. I mean, what a wow! Uh, what a what a run by Saquon there. He touched the ball, thirty yard run. Yeah, thirty nine wow. yard run with the jump cut right in the middle. Uh, shows every bit of that athleticism and elusiveness that he had in college right out of the gate. Uh, so I'm sure just it made fantasy owners around the world just salivate 
at the thought of drafting Saquon Barkley in the first round. So let's touch on this New York Giants offense and what they can do for you in fantasy this year. Eli Manning, how are we feeling on Eli Manning as a, as a quarterback this year? He's solidly a quarterback, too. He's getting drafted around about 20 off the board right now. So uh, do you see do you see Eli Manning going back to what we've seen in, in yesteryear of Eli Manning with these receivers, or do you think it's – you think that 16 to 20 range is about right for him? Yeah, no, I, I think that 16 to 20 range is right. I mean, he, he's going to have he's going to have some chances to throw the ball. Um, he, he they've got a I mean they've got a a great team of pass catchers there. I mean, you start with Saquon Barkley. Uh, you know, Wayne Gallman coming out of the backfield is going to catch some passes too. I mean, obviously Odell is there. Sterling Shepard, um, you know. Tight end. I mean, one of one of my favorite tight ends. He he's right there, top five for me. Is Evan Ingram had a great year last year, so he's got the pieces there. I mean, granted, he had a horrible year last year, but you know, let's look back. I mean, he did not have Odell Beckham for a, a good portion of the season last year. Um, you know, that makes a difference. Um, you know, the four games that he had with Odell Beckham. So um, I, I think Eli is one of those guys that you know I, I think he should be drafted in that sixteen to twenty range because. If you expect him to be your number one, I think you're going to be disappointed. But he's going to have weeks where he goes out there, uh, and he's going to make you very happy that you draft him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's regressed each of the last three years with his touchdown mm-hmm. totals, so that's something to keep an eye out on there as well. I mean, They improved is, the line this year. Yeah, they tried to improve the line a little bit here, but the thing I've kind of looked at over the last couple of years with Eli Manning is his average depth of target. Uh, that is a number that just indicates on how – how patient a quarterback is behind the behind the O line. Eli Manning last year seven point six seven yards average depth of target. That is nothing. I mean, they, we're talking about just one of the worst quarterbacks in the league in terms of that number. Uh, so yeah, that speaks to the just the timing that he just does not have behind this offensive line right now. And so that's going to be something to keep an eye on this this year as well. And, you know, the regression in touchdowns, that's even with Odell Beckham on the field the last couple of years. You know, granted, he did miss most of last year, but you know, going back to 2016, uh, that number dipped as well. So I just, for me, it, I, I bought in on the Eli Manning hype before. I just, I can't find myself doing it again. I think that there's better quarterbacks out there, younger quarterbacks, with more upside than sure. Eli Manning for me. So, me, I'm going to – I will probably not own any Eli Manning in fantasy this year. Um, so, I'd be safe to say that you know, avoid for me. I, I, I do think that this is going to be a team that's – you'll see some scoring out of the receivers, but I think it's going. they're going to try to hang their hat more on Saquon Barkley behind this offense this year. And that is – Yeah, look – Eli, you know, and looking at his schedule, I mean, he, he's got a rough start. I mean, week one uh, against Jacksonville, week three, the Texans, week four, the Saints and their defense, uh, the Panthers in week five. I mean, he's got a rough start of it. Yeah. Uh, here, now granted, the back end of his schedule looks a lot better than the front part, but, uh, again, we are talking about the NFC East here to where there's, seems to always be a lot of points scored. Um, again, I, yeah, I I don't really want to have Eli Manning on my team, but you know if you get into the, the the meat part of his schedule from week seven all the way down to you know fancy championship week in sixteen, he's got a lot of cake matchups there. So 
he's a guy that, you know, I, for, for me, I think if I got him, I'd, you know, want to pick him up more after he stinks it up the first four or five weeks and then go grab him there. But, um, yeah, I, I, just like you said, I think there's guys with a lot more upside there that I would, I would rather touch and, you know, hope that they perform and, and show out like a Carson Wentz did last year to be able to be the starter on your fantasy team and not just a spot starter. Yeah. So you- Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. I, you know, we all know Saquon Barkley is the guy that's flying up draft boards right now. I would be safe to say that he's going to go off the board anywhere from like four to seven in a lot of drafts here coming up in the next few weeks. Um, am I comfortable taking him there in that range? I'm a little iffy on that just because I'm, I've seen what this New York Giants offense can do, and I've, I've seen the weeks in which they can just become an absolute dumpster fire. And Odell Beckham being the receiver that he is, the diva that he is, if he's not getting – all the looks that he wants, the targets that he wants. Yeah, he can be disruptive for a team's chemistry and the team's offense. So, uh, you know, Barkley for me is a guy, if he could slip back towards the back end of a round, you know, say like 9 to 10, then I would take the shot on him. But I'm just not comfortable at 5 when I could get really some other players in that range that I'm very, very more comfortable with. So, I don't know about you and how you feel on Saquon. We haven't really touched on him much in podcast or all fair. So I don't know where you lie with Saquon in the first round. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm right there almost with you. I mean, I, you know, after, after seeing his run, and granted, it is only one run, but I mean, look back to his work and what he did at Penn State. I mean, he, he's going to catch balls. Um, you know, he, he, I mean, who else is going to do anything in that offense? I mean, their, their other running backs are nowhere near as talented. Um, I, I think they're going to rely on Saquon a lot this year. So, um, if I had the six pick, you know, with the first, you know, you know, four picks, let's say the top four running backs go and then either Kamara or, um, or Antonio Brown go, I mean, I, I, I would be comfortable taking him at that, at that five or six spot range. Um, I, you know, I would love to be drafting at nine or 10 and have him fall, but I think after that 30 yard run the other night, uh, just like we were texting back and forth, I, I think that's gone. Uh, I think guys are, are buying in on the hype. There's been great rookie running backs here the last couple of years that have been those top guys, Leonard Fournette, Zeke Elliott. I, I think I think Saquon is right there. Well, it's like I said, I've kind of stated the last couple of years and ever since you know Zeke came into the league and just set everything ablaze, everyone's chasing Zeke in drafts. And this year, that's there's no exception. It's going to be Saquon Barkley. So everyone's going to want that new, fresh, shiny little toy in their roster. And Saquon's you know, like I said, going to go off that board around the four, five, six spot. So be ready and be prepared. And if you want a shot at him, you can 
you know, say you're in a league like we are in the SBFFC, where you you, know, you bid on your draft spot with uh, with your with your fab budget, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to be wary of that and spend the money to get that spot. So, I think a lot of people are gonna want to get you know jump into the Saquon uh, waters this year. Now, I will at the right price, and Nick just said he is comfortable with him at five as well. So. We'll see how it shapes out. I'd like to see a little bit more of him over the next couple of weeks. Just, uh, just really, I want to see him on the field more. I want to see what he can do behind that offensive line for a longer period of time than just one or two snaps. Uh, we'll see as uh, as things move along. Uh, but receiver, you know, we touched on it. Uh, Odell Beckham. I mean, that's a guy we know he's going to be a bona fide wide receiver one. Going mostly in uh, the tail end of first rounds in drafts right now. So, uh, where what are you feeling on that uh, uh, with Odell Beckham? You, you, are you like me? You kind of feeling him more around that ten to twelve spot right now? Hundred percent. Yeah. No. I. I mean, Odell, when he's played the last couple of years, has has been close to a hundred catch guy, double digit touchdown guy. Definitely more comfortable taking somebody like him, even with the injury question over a. Julio Jones, uh, especially. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I mean, my rankings, I probably got Antonio Brown one, DeAndre Hopkins two. Um, and then it's kind of a coin toss between Odell Beckham and Michael Thomas for me. Um, so, um, you know, definitely comfortable three, four position right there. Um, you know, you go down to, uh, Sterling Shepard. I mean, Sterling has, uh, I mean, he is, he, he's a pretty darn good backup number two there. Um, you know, I, I think with what he did last year, uh, you know, look back at starting last year. He had 730 yards, two touchdowns, which, you know, don't seem like eye-popping numbers. But I, I think with uh, teams coming back and with him getting Odell Beckham back, that he's going to be uh, he's going to be uh, the, the focus of, of Elon some of these games where he gets doubled or, or has the number one cornerback uh, on him. I mean, we touched on it just a second ago. I mean, look at all the defenses he's going to face to where – Odell's going to be going up against a really good cornerback, and Eli's probably going to go to Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram. So, again, and Evan Ingram, I just said Evan Ingram. Ingram to me is, is a guy that is easily a, a top five tight end uh, in this league. He had a great year last year. I think he's only going to build on that going into 2018. Yeah, I I, I like Sterling Shepard myself. He's kind of a good guy you can get in you know, the mid to late rounds. It's more He's more kind of – in that eight to eleven round range in most drafts currently, uh, so I'm right there with you on Sterling. I've had him previously as well. I know what he can do on the field. Um, yeah, Cody Latimer's another guy that's on this depth chart. You know, he failed in Denver, but they've kind of liked what they've seen out of him in camp so far. So, if you want to believe how, you know, that this team's going to run a lot of wide receivers, you know, three wide sets and things like that, and kind of move the ball around. Cody Latimer is a guy that you can kind of look at late in your draft if you're just taking a flyer on a guy in a deep league. Um, Evan Ingram, though, like you said, I've got him currently in my personal rankings as the fourth tight end off the board right after Zach Ertz. And, yeah, that is ahead of uh, your Jimmy Grahams, your Greg Olsons. Uh, so I'm very comfortable with Evan Ingram right now. I think it just even after the sh- – promise that he showed last year uh, in this offense. I, he's just going to be even more comfortable with this team. I think you're going to see an even bigger year out of Evan Ingram this year. I think he's going to close in, get closer to it, that thousand yard mark, uh, probably in that six to eight touchdown range. So easily, easily one of the upper echelon tight ends in fantasy football 
Uh, so I agree. I think yeah, this this offense does show potential. Um, I'm not in like what we mentioned. I'm not in on Eli Manning. I like Saquon. Odell Beckham as well is going to be a guy that can he come back to form from where he was pre-injury. That remains to be seen. Uh, but I still think he's easily a wide receiver one. He's going to be a guy that you're going to target in that late first round of your drafts. Uh, but Evan Ingram is probably the guy that I I would say I like more out of the receiving options this year. I think he has a little bit more. Uh, I think yeah, I, I think he has that double digit touchdown potential in him. Just be, can he get there? It's going to be the biggest thing this year. So New York Giants offense sliding them off to the side, going now into the Washington Redskins, and poof, boy did they have a rough weekend in Washington. Uh, Geis, we mentioned at the top of the show, Geis now gone for the year. ACL, completely off the board now. Uh, you have to take him off your ranking sheet. Hey, so now what are we doing? What are we looking at here with this uh, Washington Redskins team? You got Alex Smith at quarterback. He's a late QB two. You have to think that that's going to, yeah, what he did in Kansas City last year is no, not going to be anywhere near what he's going to do in Washington this year. Not a chance. Not a chance. I just don't think that he's going to have that those weapons surrounding him that that's going to help him succeed in fantasy this year. So uh, now you're going to the running back spot. So uh, guy's gone, like I mentioned. Chris Thompson still not fully healthy. Has readily admitted that he will not be fully healthy and probably until September October. So even though you want to jump on him, move his ADP up the board, draft him a little bit sooner. Uh, you have to be wary of a guy that's going to come in and have a slow start in this offense. But outside of that, this team has already said that they're not going to go look at veterans as it stands right now. They're going to ride with who they got, and that is Samaje Piran, and that is Rob Kelly. Where, where do you stand on these two guys in this backfield? Um, You know, yeah, I am not going to touch Bat Rob. There is no way. Um, Chris Thompson's one of those guys. I mean, he was a revelation last year just with the, the catches he's got. Uh, the, the one good thing about Alex Smith, and, and we saw it last year and, and even going back to the, the last couple of years uh, when he was in Kansas City, he does like to dump the ball off to running back. So um, I was excited and still am excited about Chris Thompson's uh, ability there and was excited uh, about Darius Geis's, uh, uh potential to catch balls. But um, Samaje Piran had a – decent year last year um it wasn't great by any stretch but then again he was just a rookie um he came on late uh he got some action he did catch 22 balls last year in in limited action so uh i think the play here for me is samaj p yeah i just i can't stand either one of these options in this backfield they're just very blue players uh you know, both of them do not separate from tackles. I think they both have very low yard uh, yards after contact numbers. I think P. Ryan was at 2.8, and uh, Kelly was at 2.6, and both of those were very, very uh, less than average when you compare them uh, to other running backs across the league. So, yeah, you, you, you know this Washington team knew what they had with the running backs already on this roster, and that's why they went after a guy like Geist in the draft, is they wanted a playmaker. They wanted a guy that could make a difference in this offense at the running back position and be on the field for all three downs with Chris Thompson being that change of pace guy. Uh, well, now with Geis out the window, they're back to where they were last year, and you can't you can't be happy 
as a Redskins fan, you can't be happy about where this team stands right now. So it just for me, I'm avoiding this whole entire backfield as it stands right now. I think Chris Thompson is going to go off the board way earlier than where I want him to in drafts. Uh, so I just don't foresee myself getting a shot at Chris Thompson this year. Even though he performed admirably last year before he went down to injury as well. I mean, he was a top, I think he was a top 24 running back in PPR set up. So, uh, he's, he's a guy to, he's a guy that you can draft and be comfortable with in your flex spot in PPR formats. But I just, I think that ADP is going to go way too high here within the next week or two with uh, Chris Thompson. So, for me, like I said, avoiding, avoiding, avoiding this backfield as it stands right now. I just do yeah. not like what they have back there. And the yeah. first thing that came to my mind, and I mentioned it and I sent it to Nick the other day, is you know, would this team go after DeMarco Murray, talk him out of retirement? I, I would – they would be – for me, they would be stupid not to go after a veteran to bring in like a DeMarco Murray. You know, some, you Jamal know, Charles. Jamal Charles is out there. Adrian Peterson is out there. Uh, heck, they can go back and you know turn back the hands of time and bring back Alfred Morris, who is a free agent as well. So uh, you might as well have Rob Kelly if you're going to do that. No, I, 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 you know, Brandon, I, I'm, I'm, I'm disagreeing with your opinion here. I, I think Samaj P. Ryan, uh, for as low as he's going to be going in some of these drafts here, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are probably thinking Chris Thompson is the guy, and rightfully so, especially in PPR leagues, but. I think Samaje Piran is going to come out and he's going to be criminally underrated. Uh, I would love to have him as somebody like a number four this year that he's going to have that ability. He, he easily outdistanced Rob Kelly last year when Rob Kelly had the chance to come in. Uh, Piran, again, had a decent year. I, I think you are going to be sorry that you are avoiding this running back situation when you have a chance to take a guy who's going to have opportunity there. It, granted, if they don't bring in a better. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be opportunity there. I just don't think that they bring much to the table. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to – those are not going to be names as I'm going late in drafts and getting to a position and just look at it. Oh, man, there's some AJP run there. Got to grab him. I'm just it, – it, it, he doesn't bring excitement to me. It's, I see his name on my draft board. So, like I said, blah, that whole backfield right now is just blah. And – now get uh, the receivers. Uh, what do I mean? What are we doing here as well? I mean, it's Jameson Crowder. Uh, you, you have to think there's a, there's a price to be had for Jameson Crowder playing with an Alex Smith who likes to try to keep the ball close to the line of scrimmage, hit you know hit a lot of underneath routes, let the play, guys make plays themselves. I think Jameson Crowder is going to be the guy that would be more up that uh, up that tree for an Alex Smith. And for me. You, know, you got Crowder there. You got the the free agent Paul Richardson that they brought in, and he's had drop issues in camp so far, just inconsistencies all around. Uh, Josh Doxson is a guy that's injured currently. Uh, they're expecting him to come back before the regular season, though. Uh, and even Jay Gruden has mentioned that they're wanting him to be more of a red zone threat on this offense this year. Uh, so Josh Doxson's a guy that you would probably want to target more in a standard format than you would in a PPR format with the uh, just for the touchdown potential alone. Uh, so then outside of that, you got Jordan Reed. Can he stay healthy? Vernon Davis, will he get time on the field? That's that's what we're looking at with this receiving core right now. Uh, where, do, where are you lying with some of these players here? Uh, right off the top, Jameson Crowder is getting 
criminally underrated uh, out there. Um, if, if I have somebody like Jameson Crowder as my number three out there, I am dancing in the streets. Um, so I, I, I think Jameson Crowder is going to fill right into that spot uh, and be that be that comfort uh, for for Alex Smith out there, so I think he's I think he's gonna he had 66 catches last year. I think he's easily gonna have 20 to 30 more. I think he is gonna be approaching that that 90 to 100 yard mark this year. So I'm I'm Jameson going out Crowder, a little. Jamison Crowder off the board, 39th at the position off the board right now. So, being so he's gone as a four. as a four. Yes. Yeah. If I have him as my number three, I am I am loving that. Paul Richardson, um, you know, I, he, he was decent last year, um, you know, with Russell Wilson. I think he's got a, a good chance. Uh, this is a, this is a good good wide receiver core for Alex Smith to throw the ball to. Josh Doxon was one of the guys that I thought coming into the year was going to kind of have that breakout year um, for me. So, I, I mean, I like these wide receivers. I think depending on where I can get them, that may be, you know, kind of the determining factor in there. But um, And then going into the, the tight end position with uh, – with Jordan Reed, um, it's it's so it's so disappointing that you know coming back off, you know it's been so long since Jordan Reed has had a fully complete and healthy year. So you just kind of get the idea that this is going to kind of be a little bit more of the same. That he's going to come back out and he's going to be hurt at some point. So um, I, I just if Jordan Reed was out there and he was healthy, I, I think you'd see him going you know probably in that five to six range at the tight end position, especially with Alex Smith loving to throw the tight ends, but. It's just it, – it's so tough, you know, going out there and drafting Jordan Reed. But it, it's disappointing because you know he's got that ability to be uh, a top tight end out there. So Yeah, I mean, Jordan Reed's a guy that he's – as far as a points-per-game aspect goes, yeah, he's right up where up there with a Rob Gronkowski and a Travis Kelsey. He just – the thing is he cannot stay on the field. And we've seen it now year after year. So, you know, Jordan Reed's a guy that – if you take a shot on him, you have to make sure you're getting another tight end of roster as well. And that where that's where it comes into play, like we mentioned earlier, with like a George Kittle. Someone of that ilk that you can draft that you're ready to throw into that spot if something and when it happens to Jordan Reed. Uh, so, yeah, me, outside, I mean, really, there's just not a lot of pieces on this offense that gets me excited this year. Um, if they come at the right price, sure, I would probably jump in on a James Crowder like you mentioned. Uh, but, uh, I mean, really outside of that, I had Josh Doxson in a few leagues last year. He really, really disappointed. And that was with a better quarterback in Kirk Cousins. So, for me, um, probably out on Doxson this year. I mean, I would get Jordan Reed if I had the plan in place to get another tight end and, and ride Jordan Reed while he's healthy. Uh, but other than that, I'm really just, there's not a lot of for me to get excited about and to buy in on this offense this year in 2018. Yeah, I, I think I think you're I, I think you're overlooking this offense. I think they're going to be a lot better than you think. I think the system that they have in place, the wide receivers they have, I, I think this is going to be one of those offenses that at the end of the year, even even with uh, even with guys now out, I, I think this is going to be one of those offenses you look back at the end of the year, and they're going to be down. I think in some games they're going to, but they're going to have a better defense this year than they had last year. Uh, but again, I, I think this is one of those when you look back at the end of the year, Brandon, you're going to say, "Man, I, 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 I was wrong about the Washington offense." Now, when I look back at the end of this year, what I'm going to what I'm going to say is Jay Gruden deserved to get fired because I think that's what you're going to see at the end of this season. <laughs> I think Jay Gruden's time up and is going to be up in Washington, and they're going to be on the search for a new coach next year. And I just think this team is going to be an absolute dumpster fire this season. So, 
yeah, I'm down on them. Uh, sue me. But I, that might be some more cowboy hate uh, for one of our longtime rivals. But I just do not like what I see out of this offense as we head into the season. So moving to the NFC North. Um, speaking of Kirk Cousins, the Minnesota Vikings right off the bat. Uh, moves teams, goes to the NFC North, goes to play for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, if you want to speak about undervalued and underappreciated, I think that's what we have with Kirk Cousins. Not a lot of people are high on Kirk Cousins, uh, but I am. I think that, you know we're talking about a guy that's been a top six quarterback each of the last three years in Washington. Now he has better pieces around him, a better team around him. I think you're going to see the same from Kirk Cousins in 2018. You know we saw it. In the drive that he had in the game just last night, I mean, yeah, he looked great. The connection to Stephon Diggs looks like it is there. Uh, be, you know, watch out for Kirk Cousins. I think he's going to be a guy that you can get in this 10th, 11th round in your drafts as a quarterback one if you're waiting at the position. He's going to be a guy that can possibly win you championships this year. Wow. I, I would have to agree. I mean, he's got the weapons out there to do it. He's got running backs coming out of the backfield that are going to be catching the ball. He's got two, you know, top flight wide receivers in Thielen and Diggs. Uh, he's got a top, you know, starting caliber uh, tight end there with, with Rudolph. So, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. I think he's one of those, these guys, again, that he is getting undervalued a little bit. Uh, you look at his schedule out there, he's got a great schedule, at least in terms of, of quarterbacks uh, having a chance to throw the ball. So, uh, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think Kirk Cousins is going to be underrated and have a really good year. Yep. And then moving on to the running back position, Dalvin Cook back from injury, looking completely healthy from all camp uh, reports and indications coming out of Minnesota. Uh, he's a guy that's coming off right there at the end of the first round and into the early parts of the second round. What are we uh, – what are we feeling on Dalvin Cook? Yeah, we are we sold on him as an easy RB one, or we uh, are we iffy on coming back from injury? I, you know, I think he's right there in that middle one to two uh, range for me. I mean, I am a little uneasy if I did get him, but uh, I, I had him in some leagues last year, and and through the first you know three weeks of the year last year, depending on your format, he was the number one guy. Um, he, he was catching balls left and right. He was scoring touchdowns. He was the focal point of this office. Latavius Murray took uh, a literal backseat to him. Um, so I, if if I had Delvin Cook, uh, you know, especially if I got, uh, you know, let's say I got one of the, the top, you know, wide receivers like, you know, Hopkins in round one, if I could back him up with Delvin Cook in round two, I'm feeling really good about the start to my team. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned last year. I think it, at, at the time of his injury, he was third in the league in rushing. So – he was on pace to have an amazingly good year as a rookie in Minnesota. Uh, so I think you, what they're going to do, you have to wonder how the offense is going to change with Shermer now gone. Uh, will you know? Will they really try to feature Dalvin Cook like they were attempting to do last year? Where they, are they going to feed him the ball enough? You have to kind of wonder that. Is the philosophy going to change now with his offense? Is it going to be more pass happy with the Kirk Cousins back there? Yeah, these are questions that we're going to need to find out over the next couple of weeks with this offense as they play in some preseason games, kind of get the tendencies down somewhat. So, yeah, for me, I'm I'm I like Dalvin Cook. I think he's a great player. Yeah, there's lots of upside there with him. He can run, he can catch, but 
you have to wonder how much Latavius Murray is going to be on the field. Will he vulture the goal line carries? Uh, so you, will it hinder the touchdown potential of a Dalvin Cook? So yeah, he's going right there around that range of your your Kareem Hunts, Melvin Gordons, and uh, and uh, uh, Leonard Fournette's right there in that same range. Uh, he's for me going to be on the back burner behind those players because I think they, all three of those those other running backs have more easy paths to uh, scoring potential as far as touchdowns go. So, you know, Dalvin Cook, if, you know, like what he what you just mentioned, if you're getting a, you know, it's stud wide receiver in round one and you're coming back on the turn and the Dalvin Cook is there, I'm feeling great about that start in my draft. So, Dalvin Cook, I am high on. I do like him as a player. Uh, for me, more of a second-round pick than a late first. So, outside of that, going to the receivers – yeah, like I mentioned before, Stefan Diggs looked great already with Kirk Cousins out there. Uh, will that will that be a sign of things to come, or are we, are we destined for two wide receiver ones in Minnesota this year, along with Adam Thielen? Uh, you know, coming into the year last year, and I had Adam Thielen uh, in, in most of my leagues last year and was absolutely loving it. Um, however... I think Stephon Diggs is going to be the man this year. Um, he, he looked like it, uh, much to my detriment. He, he kept getting the ball, uh, you know, the other night to, to kind of showcase what he's doing. So, so hopefully, you know, more of the people, uh, you know, out there, I think are, are you know, right along with, with our line of thinking and thinking Stephon Diggs is going to have uh, an amazing year. So, uh, if it's me, if I'm drafting, if, if both these guys are on the board and I know I'm going with one of them, I am going with Stephon Diggs. I think his touchdown potential. Uh, is clearly higher than what Thielen is. Thielen's going to be, you know, a guy that's going to get some some catches in there as well. But uh, I, I want Stephon Diggs. Give him to me all day long as my number two. Yeah, Diggs is a guy that's been climbing up my rankings as the summer's progressed. I've still got Thielen right there, that the cusp as you know, end of the wide receiver ones, early wide receiver twos, and now I've got I've got Stephon Diggs right on his heels. So. Uh, Diggs, is, I, I just think he's a player that provides more to this offense on the outside, over the middle, deep threat, short passes. He's He plays more like a Demarius Thomas does with the uh, Denver Broncos as far as comparison-wise. So, you know, where Adam Thielen, I think he's really kind of just right there in that, you know, he works out of the slot, works the middle part of the field. He's great for you in a PPR setup. You, you just have to hope he gets in the end zone and provides those scores for you when it comes to Adam Thielen. So, yeah, right now for me, I mean, I'm right I'm right there with you. I like Diggs. I like Thielen. Uh, it's a coin toss for me. It just depends on the league that I'm in. If I'm in a standard format, I'm probably going to favor Stefan Diggs over a Thielen. If I'm in a PPR format, I'm probably giving a slight edge to a Thielen over a Diggs. So uh, I both have the potential to have great, great years this year with the Minnesota Vikings offense. So, and right there, at the like I said, the cusp of that wide receiver one, wide receiver two, early parts of the wide receiver two uh, tiers. Uh, if you're getting if you're getting digs as a wide receiver two, blessed be you. I mean, I think you're going to – depends on how you set up the rest of your league in the early parts of the, the drafts. And, and it just – I think you're off to a great start right then and there. So, Ty, Kyle Rudolph – Guy that's coming off the board as kind of a late, you know, late tight end one. He's, I think, he's right there in that grouping with Delaney Walker in that group around that eight to ten area. Uh, are we thinking last year was kind of a, an anomaly for 
Kyle Rudolph, or is he going to present even more of an upside this year? I think a slight uptick, but I mean, I think what we saw from Kyle Rudolph last year is is about what he's going to do. I mean, you look back at his numbers uh, the last three years, five touchdowns, seven touchdowns, eight touchdowns. He's going to be that guy that uh, he's going to go out there and score and I think be that consistency. I'd, I think I would rather have somebody that has a little more upside in terms of uh, somebody if they're going to be my, my number one. So I'd much rather have him as uh, an early tight end two. Um, but he's going to go out there and he's going to catch passes. So, no, I, I think he's, uh, you know, you saw it with Kirk Cousins when he was in Washington. Uh, he liked throwing to his tight end. So um, I, I think I think Kyle Rudolph is going to have – uh, maybe a slight uptick in numbers, but I, I think last year, you know, 57 catches, 500-plus yards, eight touchdowns, I, I think that's about the norm. Yeah, I, I think the eight touchdowns might be his ceiling, but 532 yards, I think we're going to have to see a major improvement on this year. And I think Kirk Cousins is the quarterback that can get that done for him. Uh, so don't be shocked if he doesn't get back to the numbers that he had the year before with 840 yards and seven touchdowns, I think. That is where you're going to see Kyle Rudolph this year. Uh, he's going to probably push for that top six finish at the position. It's like I said, I, I'm expecting big things from this Minnesota Vikings offense this year. And I think Kyle Rudolph is going to play a major part in that. Uh, so, yeah, definitely. If you're, if you're a guy that's going to wait on tight end until that yeah, ninth round, somewhere around in there, and that's where you're probably going to find a Kyle Rudolph right now is in that eighth to ninth round. Yeah, yeah, don't be afraid to pull the trigger, throw him in there in your tight end one spot, and let him ride each and every week. I think he'll do wonders for you. So, next team up, going to go to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, really, I mean, we're looking at right now Aaron Rodgers. Outside of Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, those are going to be your two major names in terms of fantasy this year. Aaron Rodgers is easily the number one quarterback coming off the board, even coming off an injury-riddled season last year. And Devontae Adams is a guy that's you know, solidly finding himself being drafted as a wide receiver one right now, mostly as potential alone to score a lot of touchdowns, being Aaron Rodgers' number one target in this offense. So, you know, we'll, we'll set them two to the side. Outside of that, are we looking at anything on this Green Bay offense? Yeah, I, I, you and I have been big proponents of him since the absolute beginning. You a little bit more than me, but Jamal Williams, uh, he, he keeps getting, for some reason, drafted behind Aaron Jones. Why, I have absolutely no idea, but uh, J- Jamal Williams, I think, is is the guy in that backfield that I want to own this year. Um, going to the wide receiver position, um, I am not a fan of Randall Cobb. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, Randall Cobb's been hurt. Um, I, I, I have not been a fan of Randall Cobb for a while now. I think he's nothing more than uh, a slot receiver that is going to have occasional value in fantasy leagues, not somebody that I want to own. The, the one guy, the, the deep sleeper here, uh, that, that I think is going to be you know, a, a late-round gem for a lot of people is, uh, is Geronimo. Geronimo Allison, I think, is going to – uh, be one of those guys that, that uh, you know, is going to have some big games. I think especially best ball leagues is somebody that, that I would certainly want to own uh, out there. But I think in your, your standard PPR leagues is definitely somebody that, you know, if I'm, if I'm wanting a late flyer, you know, what better spot to go with? I mean, if Aaron Rodgers is going to be the number one quarterback in fantasy and throw for 40 yards, he's not going to throw 20, 20 plus touchdowns to Devontae Adams, although I would love that for the leagues that I'm going to draft Devontae Adams is. So 
where are these touchdowns going to come from? Randall Cobb has proven time over time that he is no more than a four or five touchdown guy. Um, so where are those touchdowns going to come from? Uh, Jimmy Graham, I think, is going to have a good year as well. For me, he's um, he's that last tight end in the top five tight ends for me. Um, I think, granted, he, he is a little hobbled right now, but I, I think that's temporary. I think he's going to have a, a very Jimmy Graham-like year in this offense. But, um, again, Geronimo Allison is one of those guys that I'm going to I'm gonna be keeping an eye on late in drafts and throwing out a flyer on somebody like him. And uh, I think he's somebody that's going to surprise some folks this year. Yeah, I had, you know, Geronimo's a guy that's coming off right now 66th at the position in draft. So, uh, overall, 179. He's definitely a late-round flyer, a guy that you can kind of throw that dart at. I mean, this is, you know, the wide receiver three spot in Green Bay when everything is running appropriately with Aaron Rodgers is, you know, this is once a heralded spot that Devontae Adams held, was a guy that was stealing touchdowns week after week from guys like Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. Yeah, this could be the same situation for a Geronimo Allison, that's, I think. That's what I keep thinking. Yeah. Donald Duke and the driver was in this uh, number three spot. Yeah, James uh, Jones for, was the guy that, at yeah. the time as well. I mean, so there, there's been a history with Aaron Rodgers and the wide receiver three in this offense that he just likes to use them to pick apart opposing defenses when they're running those three wide sets. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a, an appeal for Geronimo late in drafts and – yeah, I wouldn't mind grabbing him as you know if I go as deep as a you know wide receiver six, wide receiver seven. Yeah, I'm fine with having him as a guy that's going to sit you know deep on my bench, play the matchups. You know, after a few weeks into the season, you see how things shake out. So, yeah, I do like that. Huh? You know, Jimmy Graham, we probably mentioned as well. So Jimmy Graham's going to be this guy that's going to get get you the touchdowns. Yeah, he provided plenty of those last year in Seattle. Just the, the touches were not there. I mean, that's that's going to be something you're going to see with uh, Jimmy Graham this year. I think the catches, the yardage is going to go up, but I think the touchdowns are probably going to be around that area where he's going to be in that seven to eight touchdown range. So uh, he's getting drafted as a tight end one, uh, getting drafted around that tight end five, six, depending on, uh, depending on people's feelings with Greg Olson and Evan Ingram. So I think that's about where he's destined to finish this year is around that six, seven spot at the position. I like Ty, I like Jimmy Graham, uh, but I think you're going to see a lot of name recognition with Jimmy Graham in drafts. So I think people are going to draft him just on name alone and not what he fully brings to the table in terms of what he's going to do for you and your fantasy teams this year. I mean, I, I, I think I think Jimmy Graham is one of those guys. I mean, granted, he is a name. He only had 520 yards last year, but he had 10 touchdowns. Um, he's one of those guys. I think he's coming in a very similar situation as what he had in Seattle last year. Uh, you know, Seattle did not have, uh, you know, a lot at the wide receiver position outside of, um, of Doug Baldwin. So I think he's going to be a, uh, you know, uh, somebody for Aaron Rodgers to target in the end zone. Um, so I, I think Jimmy Graham is going to, going to kind of have a little bit of a rebirth here this year. I, I would be completely fine getting Jimmy Graham if I never went by it. Yep. I agree there. Uh, yeah, going back to the running back position, though, as well, yeah, yeah, Nick did mention I've been a proponent of Jamal Williams all along. I was heavy on him you know, at, as soon as that draft selection was made last year for the Green Bay Packers. I said, that's going to be your guy that's going to take over this backfield. And he did that late in the year last year. Now, granted, this was after injuries to Montgomery and injuries to Aaron Jones. The team felt like they were uh, just going to give the shots to uh, those two guys ahead of Jamal Williams. But once Williams got on the field, that was his job. 
and he took it and he ran with it. And, you know, took a lot of fantasy owners to championships, the guys that were either held on to him through the trials of the early seasons of the NFL or the early weeks of the year and, or just picked him up off the waivers. Uh, yeah, and right now as it stands, he's the starter. Uh, he's getting the starter reps in camp. Uh, but Aaron Jones made it back onto the practice field today. Uh, been out for two weeks with a hamstring injury. Uh, likely going to see him next couple weeks in some preseason action, but he is suspended for the first two weeks. Uh, keep that in mind as well. Uh, you know, Jamal Williams could take this job and run with it early on the first two weeks and not give it back. So, uh, but, you know, there, there's always this insistence on a Ty Montgomery. They want to use him in this pass-catching type of a role as well. Uh, so muddied are the waters in the Green Bay backfield currently. And when it comes to me, I'm going to ride with Jamal Williams. Yeah, I've, I've been on this hill for a while now. I'm going to probably die on this hill when it comes to my perception of Jamal Williams as the leading running back in Green Bay. So for me, you know, Nick mentioned that he's being drafted behind Aaron Jones in most drafts. I still don't get it. Uh, I would gladly wait you know, the extra round or two to take a Jamal Williams. And, you know, let everybody rely on Aaron Jones. And once he fails, I'm, I'm riding Jamal Williams to the, to the finish line, so to speak. So, Anyways, moving, uh, moving back down the ladder a little bit, we're gonna go. We're gonna save. We're gonna save the worst for last, and but we're gonna go with the. Oh, we're gonna go to the Lions next. We're gonna go to the Detroit Lions real quick. Uh, cover this team, uh, Matthew Stafford. We know uh, he's a guy that is getting drafted as a quarterback two in drafts right now. But each of the last few seasons, he's finished as a quarterback one. So. I mean, I have no qualms about waiting if I'm going to wait even longer in drafts to get my quarterback one and make Matthew Stafford a selection for me. I know you're probably feeling very uh, similar in that light as well. 100%. Matt Stafford puts up numbers year in, year out. Uh, One of those guys that uh, if you're a proponent of the wait on a quarterback strategy like I know you and I both are, uh, what what better of a quarterback to come out there and get with a, a subpar running game and great wide receivers out there? Great, great quarterback to be able to take and, and score a couple touchdowns uh, every week if you're waiting on that quarterback. Yeah, exactly. So that uh, wide receivers, the way they shake out right now, of course, you're going to have Golden Tate, Marvin Jones. Both of those guys are coming off the board almost in identical spots right now. You got 23 for Golden Tate at the position, 53 overall. Marvin Jones, 25th off the board at receiver, 59th overall. Uh, So those guys are coming off the board right at the exact same spot in drafts currently. So for me, that depends on what what league format that you're in. Marvin Jones is a guy that's going to give you probably more production in a standard format. Uh, Golden Tate's the guy that yeah, I've ridden the last two years in, in the SBFFC as well. Drafted him each of the last two years as my uh, wide receiver two. And I've been perfectly fine with that. I'll be perfectly fine with that again this season. It, it's too bad that Golden Tate just doesn't score more touchdowns. I mean, the last two years, over last three years, over 90 catches. Uh, the last two years, over 1,000 yards. But he only has four and five touchdowns. Um, I, I think if, if those touchdown numbers can take a little bit of a jump up, uh, we're, we're seeing a lot better things out of out of Golden Tate. But 
Um, I, he's one of those guys under every year, especially in PPR leagues, that is just underrated because of, of him not catching touchdowns. I know he has a lot of, and I know Brandon's been frustrated in the past, and I'm sure Golden, other Golden Tate owners have been. He has had a number of, uh, number of times that he's been stopped inside the five yard line, uh, almost getting ready to score that touchdown and just hasn't made it there. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, but now, yeah, will this be the year too? Will Marvin Jones' touchdown numbers be directly affected by the possible emergence of Kenny Galladay? Uh, how are we, how are we looking at Kenny Galladay's 51st uh, position off the board right now? Yeah, I mean, Kenny Galladay was uh, was one of those guys that was hyped to all get out last year. I, I never could figure out why he was getting hyped. So, I mean, I, I think Kenny Galladay is a really good number three receiver. He, that is exactly what he is in this offense. Marvin Jones is going to be a favorite of Matthew Stafford. No qualms about that. But I think this is one of those offenses now that is uh, definitely three deep uh, at the wide receiver position. Killing Kenny Galladay is kind of in, in that – you know, talk with Geronimo Allison that, uh, you know, he's at the end. I, obviously, I know he's getting drafted a little higher, but in my mind, he's, he's one of those guys that, um, you know, I think has the ability to have a good year. But I think, you know, I, I, five to six touchdowns, probably seven to 800 yards is going to be his max, which is not a horrible, a horrible year by any stretch of the imagination. But I, I'm not a huge Kenny Galladay proponent this year. Next yeah, year, I, I next like year him. a lot better. I mean, I, I like Kenny Galladay. I think he he's you know, coming out of college. A lot of people were comparing him to Terrell Owens and what he could do with on the field as far as like size, stature, actual physical traits on the field. Um, so yeah, the the potential is there with Kenny Galladay. But the thing is with him, if he has a if he shows anything this year and has any kind of potential in this offense it's going to be to the detriment of marvin jones more than it will be the golden tate so um that's going to be something to keep an eye on so if you're high on a marvin jones type then you are directly going to be rooting against the emergence of a kenny galladay uh it wouldn't be a bad idea to grab both in drafts i mean you know a lot of times it's people kind of kind of get a little bit of a uneasy feeling drafting two receivers from the same team and rostering them both. But, I mean, if they score points, they score points is how I look at it. And I think both could kind of provide you with some points. Uh, Marvin Jones would be clearly better for you in terms of fantasy scoring potential early on in the season. Uh, But, say Kenny Galladay starts to shine and kind of show signs of life later on in the season – you might you might be a good idea that you drafted him a little later on in drafts, but if he's coming off fifty first off the board, and you already own Marvin Jones, it's going to be hard to roster them both at at their current ADPs right now. So, uh, tight end wise, I mean, anything to be had with Detroit right now. You know, Luke Wilson is their starting tight end. Is he even worth drafting in leagues right now? Uh, I mean, he's right on that borderline for me of, of being one of the last uh, tight end twos drafted. If you're in a league deep enough to draft two tight ends, I mean, Stafford has loved his tight ends over the years. So, um, you know, Luke Wilson hasn't really, uh, you know, had a lot of opportunity there in Seattle. You know, he's good for, you know, a good couple touchdowns a year. But, you know, is he that kind of guy that can make that step up? I don't think so. I think, with, I think this is going to be one of those situations where Stafford's going to get the ball out to his wide receivers. Not necessarily Luke Wilson. I think Luke Wilson is going to be the guy uh, in this offense as far as tight ends goes. But I think, 
you know, he might have four to five touchdowns. He might have, you know, 500 yards. I think it's going to kind of be, you know, what Luke Wilson's going to give you a good spot start. But, you know, as far as that goes, he's going to be a late, late, you know, tight end too. Yeah. Yeah. Just for the sheer fact of there not being really a lot of uh, star power at the tight end position for the Lions, that's where I think that's where more of the value of Kennedy Galladay will come into play this year. I think you're going to see him be a, that red zone threat like we mentioned with Doxon and the Redskins. Uh, I, I see that as being Kenny Galladay's role in this offense, so that's why I kind of I, I agree with uh, looking at Kenny Galladay as a guy you can get as like a wide receiver five and being okay with right now. But you know, Luke Wilson, I mean, he was a touchdown vulture in Seattle. He'd be a guy that would get on field for like a handful of snaps but just happen to catch a touchdown when you would want it to go to a Doug Baldwin or a Tyler Lockett or anybody like anybody other than Luke Wilson. So uh, I think you know, I would I'm, I'm going to shy away from any tight end in this offense this year for the Detroit Lions. But uh, going to running back, we've kind of mentioned him already. Carry on Johnson looked good the other night uh, in his role. What a game! Yeah, had I mean he virtually played the entire game. They wanted to get him on the field, and so. I think he's, I mean, honestly, they're showing signs that he's going to be their starting running back right now. Uh, Le- I'd, I'd, let's not go that far. And, I mean, LeGarrette Blunt, they signed him. We keep mentioning Matt Patricia has history with him in New England. I uh, said so that might be a situation where you'll see LeGarrette Blunt be the guy on paper as the starter. Might come out in the first series as a starter. Uh, but I would not be shocked to see this team go with that hot hand approach at running back, especially early on in the season, which is going to make it utterly confusing in drafts uh, as to what guy to take. But, you know, what we've seen in drafts early on so far, Carrion Johnson's the rookie. He's the younger player, less tread on the tires. Uh, that's why his ADP is higher currently and right now. He's the 31st running back coming off the board in drafts where you have to go all the way down to 49 or 48, I'm sorry, for LeGarrette Blunt, so uh, most people, uh, most people are thinking the same route right now. Carryon Johnson uh, is the guy to get in this offense. Uh, I think you're going to see Theo's going to be the PPR guy. The guy's going to be the third down back, catch passes out of the backfield. Uh, and good old Amir Abdullah is still on the roster, but I think you might see that change. I think you're going to see an Amir Abdullah be a, a roster cut. Uh, for this Lions team, so for when for me when it comes down to the running back position, uh, I'm looking at carry on just slightly ahead of Legarrette right now. Yeah, no, I, I mean I think I think long term, especially and and you know even past you know week four, week five this year, I think carry on's going to be the guy. Early on though, I, I mean I you know the unfortunate part for carry on Johnson is that Legarrette Blunt is there and he is probably going to get the goal line one. Um, you know, no matter how good Carrion is, I think LeGarrette Blunt's going to be in there. That's what his job is going to be, I think, eventually in this offense, is to be there at the goal line, So, which is which does limit Carrion Johnson's uh, touchdown ability. But saying that, uh, I, I think Carrion Johnson has a lot of upside as a rookie this year. Um, I don't want any part of Theo Riddick. I mean, I, we've been down the Theo Riddick, Amir Abdullah uh, road before, and it is not good. Um, so carry on Johnson, I think, you know, especially dynasty leagues, man, he is, he should be getting drafted high, uh, high volume offense over here. So I, I think carry on Johnson, especially dynasty leagues is going to be good. But, you know, if you're looking at a redraft league, I think he's got guys, he's going to start moving up draft boards. Um, you know, the closer we get to the season. 
Yeah, if he has another game in week two in the preseason like he just did this last weekend, and where he's at at 31 currently in ADP, I think you're going to see climb into the the mid-20s, getting closer to that running back two tail end spot. So everybody's chasing Zeke. You're going to hear me say it over and over again. Uh, that is the term that I use for everyone trying to trying to chase that rookie production that Zeke Elliott provided in fantasy seasons past. So, uh, now we get on to the final team in our training camp tour for this week, and that is going Super to Bowl be champion. In 85, uh, the <laughs> Chicago Bears. Uh, last stop on the training camp tour this year. A uh, little bit of excitement with Matt Nagy there. Uh, everyone has uh, has their finger on the pulse when it comes to this Bears offense. They're wanting to see do we have do we have Jared Goff season two out of um, Mitch Trubisky, or we do or do we just have a guy that's just going to be eh at quarterback? That that remains to be seen. That's going to be the driving force for this offense. And Nick Heffley is a true diehard Bears fan, so take it away, Mister Bears fan. I'll let you have your time. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky looks to start off right at the quarterback position. Um, he's a guy that, uh, you know, he's got some weapons in this offense. I think Mitch Trubisky is going to be this year's Carson Wentz. Uh, you're going to, you're going to draft him in that, to me, that 16 to 21 range. Uh, and he's going to be a guy that, you know, he's got some weapons in this offense to throw the ball to where he did not last year. Um, look at his top one, two, three options, uh, at the wide receiver and tight end position. None of those guys were on this team. Uh, this time last year, we're talking Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Trey Burton. Um, he's, he's got some weapons to throw the ball to. Uh, and he's, and he's coming in with Matt Nagy here who, you know, turned Alex Smith into a top fantasy quarterback. When the hell has that ever happened or, or imagine it happened? So, uh, Mitch Trubisky, I'm big on, uh, let's, I, I, let's face it. I'm going to be big on this entire Chicago Bears offense. Uh, Jordan Howard has been one of the top rushers in the league the last couple of years. Hadn't had a ton of receptions, but I think it's going to change a little bit this year. Um, Jordan Howard is one of those guys that I think is getting a little, little underrated in some of these drafts. So I know he's starting to go into that uh, tail end of round two, early round, early to mid round three. Uh, I think he's a guy in ADP right now. Thirteen. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know where a, people are sleeping. Yeah, I mean it's not sleeping on Jordan Howard right now. I think you know. I think that's right sleeping. There, nah, I mean, I mean. Would you put him ahead of Christian McCaffrey, Devontae Freeman, Dalvin Cook? I'm putting him ahead of Devontae Freeman. I ah, see. I just I can't I can't sign on for that. Even though I do like Jordan Howard, I've been on him ever since he was drafted, and you, that that you were that I was. I mean, we'll we'll go. We'll, Jeremy Langford, man alive. Yeah, what Jeremy the hell was Langford I thinking? Was loved by Nick Heffley, the True Bears fan, and I. I pointed out on you know past podcast is Jordan Howard was my guy. I said go get him, go get him, go get him. And if you and Nick didn't believe me, and what what did Jordan Howard do that year except for finish as a top five back in fantasy? Eh, what what can you do? You just take your small victories. <laughs> you so, <laughs> uh, so no, I think Jordan Howard's going to have a good year. He will uh, have a good year. I think if you're getting him at 13th off the board at running back, I'm okay with that right now. He's coming off 21st. Overall, so you know you're talking mid mid to late round twos. That's where he needs to be drafted. I'm okay with that. Yeah, uh, wide receiver position. Allen Robinson, I think, is gonna you know he's he's looking to bounce back from uh, a, a a 
only catch of the year last year in game one, and then he got hurt. So I think Allen Robinson's going to get a lot of volume here. Uh, and then Brandon Murchison, Nick Heffley favorite, Anthony Miller, I think it's going to be one of those guys that uh, we, we were just looking at some video of him right before we got on making one-handed catches out there. I think this is going to be one of those guys that – On a punt. Uh, one-handed on a punt. catch on a punt. Are you kidding me? It's ridiculous. I mean, I get goosebumps talking about the kid. I do. <laughs> it's just – you're, you're, I'm and you drafted him. You drafted him in what round in the in the uh, in the flex league God, last week? Wasn't it? Oh man, it was like in the eleventh round. Yeah, yeah going mean, a little higher, but you know what? I think it's one of those guys that I, you know, one of the things I definitely applauded you on in that draft that you did was, you know, you had your guys and you went out there and you and you got them. So, um, so I, I think Anthony Miller is one of those guys that he's going to be the more he, he's going to get some volume, and then you know, deep sleeper. I mean, I, Kevin White, good yeah. lord. Man is injured all the time, but you know you have a feeling this is just one of those years that you know he's getting ready to probably he's getting ready to be a free agent after this year. He, he's going to be one of those guys. You know, call me crazy. Contract year, I think Kevin White could come out and have a good year. So, nonetheless, Trey Burton and and I'll touch real quick on Trey Burton. Um, you know, Matt Lange loves his tight ends and his offense. Uh, Trubisky, you know, threw the ball to his tight ends last year. You know, I think Trey Burton is probably going to be in that eight to nine range at tight end. Uh, going to provide a little value there. You know, he's probably going to be that solid four to five catch a game type guy. So, um, I, to me, all signs are pointing up in this Bears offense. Let's hear your opinion, Brandon. I just wanted to go back real quick on Kevin White. And just, I'm going to read this off real fast. Uh, just Kevin White targeted twice, failed to record a reception in Thursday's loss to the Bengals in preseason action. Uh, <laughs> Kevin White is Kevin White. We know that. I, I mean, all indications coming out of camp right now is this guy's on the roster bubble. Uh, he could be. He could be a cut. I mean, and I just don't. You know, we've seen what Kevin White can do while he's on the field, and right now it's just not much. So, it, I, there's better players on this roster in front of him, and that even includes Taylor Gabriel. Taylor Gabriel's probably going to have more of a role in this offense than a Kevin White, and. But I think it's very top heavy with this team right now. Uh, it's just you know, Jordan Howard's going to be the, have a good year. Tariq Cohen, you know, there's a lot of a lot of hype. Lot we of forgot hype. to mention Tariq Cohen. Yeah, Tariq Cohen, you know, PPR guy. He's going to have that Duke Johnson type role in this offense. Uh, I mean, he's coming off the board thirty second at the position right now. For me, it's a little too rich for my blood. Uh, I wouldn't be able to pull the trigger on Tariq Cohen as my running back three. I don't know about you. Um, much more comfortable as a four. Yeah, I mean, easily as a four. I just I can't pull a trigger on him as a three. But, you know, Allen Robinson, you know as well as anybody, I'm a big proponent of Allen Robinson. So I think he ha- he can have a great year in this offense as long as Mitchell Trubisky can be a good quarterback. Uh, but Anthony Miller, I think he's – I mean, dude's the tits to me. I mean, that guy's <laughs> just absolute star in the making in this league. Uh, even and then I think it's just and it's going to be regardless of what he has at quarterback. I mean, you're going to be talking about a guy that's probably going to be able to produce even if he had, uh, gosh, uh, Ryan Leaf as his quarterback. I mean, we, we Demarcus <laughs> Russell as his quarterback. It's just this is going to be a guy that's going to do damage then in this league because of his work ethic alone and. And I love it so much. My team got him, and your team didn't. Yeah, that I mean that's Colton. That was the guy. You know, even going into the draft, I 
you know, I put it out in all the pieces that I wrote for Roto Experts and even, you know, my draft projections and everything like that. I had I had Dallas taking Miller in in round three in the draft. It just didn't shake out that way. I mean, do I like Michael Gallup? We've covered it already. Yes, I like Michael Gallup. I think he's going to have his fair share of a good year this year. But I, do I like Anthony Miller in that role for that offense? What I I would have been. You would have. It, I might have gotten arrested for things that I would have done had <laughs> Dallas gotten him in round three. So, yeah, I'm a big, big fan of Anthony Miller across the board. I think he's going to be the Bears' number one receiver by season's end, even over Allen Robinson. Oh. Um, and then I mean, in dynasty formats, he's gonna he should be the top receiver drafted easily. I don't, I don't, I don't have any qualms in saying that. I think he should easily be a mid first round pick in rookie drafts in dynasty formats after your 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 big names at running back come off the board I think Anthony Miller should probably be the next targeted player in drafts so uh big year ahead for Anthony Miller and as far as what I'm looking at and at tight end you know the, I know they signed Trey Burton I know they have a lot of hopes for Trey Burton um and he should have another. He should have a good season in his own right. I think Mitchell Trubisky is going to have to rely on the tight end in this offense. You know, we saw it with Travis Kelsey in Kansas City. What Matt Nagy wants to do, um, and we've seen it with what Andy Reid has done in the past. And Matt Nagy is a you know he's a follower of Andy Reid's coaching style. So uh, Trey Burton should easily fill the tight end role, uh, tight end role uh, one role in fantasy circles. Uh, he's going to be a guy you can get a little bit later on in drafts too. Um, you know, we talked about in that eight to ten range. It was where we, you know, we had some guys like Delaney Walker and things like that. Uh, he'll be drafted among those names. Uh, but if you're late in a draft, uh, especially in a dynasty format, and if he's not on a roster already, go grab Adam Shaheen. I think he's going to have he's going to have some potential in this offense too. Yeah, say Trey Burton goes down. I think I think. Shaheen being comfortable after a first season and another offseason in with his offense and working with Trubisky even more. Uh, I like I like Shaheen's potential going down the road. So uh, he's a guy that I would kind of target late. You know, redrafts not so much, but especially in a dynasty format. He's worth the roster spot. So I like I like what the potential of this offense could be for fantasy in twenty eighteen. But like I've said from day one is it all hinges on the quarterback. If Mitch Trubisky can come out and be this year's Jared Goff, you know, watch out. This team could this team could make a run and get into the playoffs. Uh, but Mitch Trubisky has yet to show me that he can do anything in this league. I'm a show-me guy. I need to see it on the field and with consistency. And I've yet to see it out of Trubisky. So right now I'm cautious. Uh, yeah. And most people didn't see it out of Carson Wentz from the other year either, and then look what he did. So, yeah, and that's like I said, you know, you know, Carson Wentz last year, Jared Goff last year, they showed they could do it in year two in the turnaround. Can we get that out of Trubisky? That's that's the question. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, I, I just think, I, I just think Trubisky is one of those guys that again, he is going to go. He's going to go closer for most people in most of their drafts in that 18 to 21 range. Um, and, I, again, I think if you're going to wait on a quarterback, if you're going to wait on especially to getting your backup, I think, uh, you know, Mr. Trubisky is going to be one of those guys that he's going to come out and he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. And I think, you know, I don't know that he'll necessarily get to the top five quarterback, but I think he'll be hovering at the end of the year uh, in quarterback one range. 
Oof. Bold. Yep. Bold. Yeah. Quite bold. Very, very bold. I'll let you down that. And that would and and that would be beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's a heel to die on. If you're gonna have a hot take, that's a hot take and a half. So, my goodness. So, uh, that that wraps it up the training camp tour for this week. Uh, busy week ahead. Uh, for the boys from the Woo Fantasy Podcast, we will be traveling to Bowling Green, Kentucky, for the SBFFC drafts. Uh, we have a uh, we have a total points league draft that this here podcast is actually sponsoring on Friday night. Twelve uh, team league, just total points, total points format. Yeah, no no head to head matchups weekly. So uh, any of you guys that are out there in like baseball leagues that do rotisserie style you know, style scoring. Uh, think of it in that format as well for fantasy football. It's just you, you want to have the most points on a week-to-week basis. Uh, we've been in that league for the last few seasons, but uh, and and not together. I, that's one of, one of one of me and Brandon's biggest things. I have not and will probably never draft a league with Brandon. No, uh, I, I have I have my opinions. Brandon has his, and and I'm totally fine owning my own team. So uh, I know there's a lot of a lot of dual owners out there. I've experienced that before, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Perfectly happy drafting a separate team than Brandon, so it's it's yeah. pretty been pretty fun the last couple of years uh, c- competing with Brandon uh, in in that total points league because the the main league we we typically try to get a separate league uh, you know involved there. So this is one of the the higher stakes leagues that Brandon and I'll. Yeah, and we'll we'll likely do we might do a short podcast Friday night after that draft is completed, kind of go over uh, go over our teams and. You know, just talk about how the draft unfolded in that le- in that league on Friday night. Probably not anything too major, but main event Saturday, Bowling Green, Kentucky, the SBF the SBFFC. Uh, everyone is ready to roll. Uh, big high stakes draft, 156 teams involved in this whole shindig. Uh, we are sponsoring a division for this draft that I've mentioned before. Uh, so. You know, we're going to have all the teams lined up and ready to go. You know, Nick will be in a uh, separate division holding down the holding down the Woo Fantasy title in another division, whereas I will be uh, in the Woo Fantasy division come Saturday. Uh, we will be podcasting live from the uh, Nicely, Neasley, whatever you want to call it, conference center. The, the, Carol, the Carol Nicely Center. Yes. Oh, we've got in Bowling Green, and then, and then we'll uh, – we actually, we'll, I think we we'll, we might get to get to hear the the aforementioned Mister Charisma uh, make his Woo Fantasy debut. He will be accepting a, uh, a division title uh, trophy at uh, at the SBFFC next week. So hopefully we can get him on and hear some of his takes. Uh, get a little preview of what he'll be doing on the podcast this year, talking about daily, which is probably a good time for us to bring up uh, one of the Woo Fantasy sponsors. Uh, FanDuel. Yes. Where, where can, where can they, where can they, uh, get all their FanDuel info and get their, uh, get their go, discount there, B? Yeah, you go over to FanDuel, you get yourself signed up for a new team this upcoming season, especially new user accounts. Woo Fantasy promo code, gonna give you an extra $10 to your first deposit. Also get you set up to, uh, play till you win. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we've all been there. You know, those of us that have been on that site and played FanDuel for seasons on end at this point in time now. I mean, you can go through weeks where you're just losing money and just contributing to the cause, like we continue to say. Uh, but with that new user deal that we're giving you with Woo Fantasy, uh, you, if you lose the first four weeks, you're not losing any money because they keep can they keep refunding your money until you finally win money 
with the Woo Fantasy promo code. So, yes, FanDuel, sponsor for the league. And I do hope we're getting uh, the final, the first appearance of Mr. Charisma to the podcast, Justin Farley. Uh, I mean, you guys, I keep tre- I keep teasing this thing. You're in for a treat. This guy brings it like nobody else can bring it. And I'm going to continue to oversell this cat like he is a Jarek McKinnon. Uh, we, we're, we're hyping this guy up. We're wanting him <laughs> to be first-round potential at this point in time. We're, we're getting his ADP rising just for the oversale. So should be hearing from Justin Farley live from the SBFFC draft on Saturday. Uh, we're going to talk to other owners as well. And probably going to have the first appearance on the uh, – on the podcast from uh, Mr. Uh, Dr. Brian Harwood. Uh, Woo! So uh, be prepared for that as well. Uh, big weekend ahead, like I said. Uh, ready to get some of these high sex drafts get going. Uh, looking forward to every bit of this. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, are, are we finally ready? Are we finally ready to get some big drafts underway? Ready to go, man. Um, you know, this is one of the, I know one of the, the more fun weekends of the year that I know Brandon and I get to see some friends that we uh, only really get to see once uh, once a year up here. So uh, it's drafting at its finest. I mean, you know, you, you go and you hope to do, you know, some of these bigger leagues and really, you know, match yourself up, see if you can can compete with some of the best uh, of the best out there. And no, I, I love it. I love doing it every year. I love you know, prove myself against the best. And I think this is one of the better, better things to be able to do out there to see if you have it or not. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping, keeping an ear open for the podcast. We're going to have that out over the weekend as well. So uh, give you, give you some insight into the, the world of high stakes fantasy football place. And if you get interested at all, uh, you like what we hear as we talk about the draft in itself from, uh, from Bowling Green on Saturday, if you get interested and you want to be involved next year, yeah, sbffc.com. Definitely uh, get set up and get ready. We'll get you We'll get you a team for next year's draft because uh, spots will be limited next year. So uh, wrapping it up, getting ready for the drafts this weekend. Uh, I think we, we, have, we finally have a Twitter handle change for Nick Heffley. Where can they find uh. that now? Well, I, I held out as long as I could, but then I was actually kind of messing around with Twitter the other day and finally figured out exactly how to change uh, my team name. So I am at the real FF Goat. So that's the real fantasy football goat. And of course, I am most of my leagues. I am known as the goat or the greatest of all time because that's what I. Am. Yeah, I was gonna say, but I not the literal goat because you know, even though he does wait around in drafts and looks like he's eating grass wetted ready to make a selection on a player yeah he's not a literal actual animal goat he is he prefers he himself as the goat for a long period of time i can attest to that so yes uh, follow him at the real ff goat on twitter myself at roto superstar uh we said we say it each and every week uh, RotoExperts.com, go check it out. The exclusive Edge draft kit and in-season package. Woo Fantasy gets you a discount at checkout there. So if you're wanting to see my uh, personal rankings as we get ready for the draft or any of my work heading into the 2018 season, go there, throw in the promo code Woo Fantasy, get yourself a discount. Uh, also opens up uh, a Slack channel that we have on the Slack app uh, to where you can go in and ask for advice 24-7. 
from not only myself but anybody else that works for the Roto Experts website. Definitely a neat aspect that we're trying out this year just to make things more interactive with uh, with customers that have that draft kit and in-season package. So go and check that you know, out. Do us a favor there. Yeah, you know, and, and if you're going to be in Brandon's division in the SBFFC this year, you know, it, it may be worth your while to go ahead and, and, you know, maybe go follow him and put in that promo code. That way you can see pretty much a, a, a good laid-out version of exactly what Brandon's going to draft. So, you know, if anything – Let's let's go and let's go and make sure Brandon doesn't win his division by going and basically seeing his playbook out there. Yeah, so yeah. I know that's how I'm going to market it. Yeah, yeah. Go see my playbook. That's yeah. That's one thing I would want to. I'd advise everybody because I'm even if you see my rankings and you're and you think you know where I'm going to go in a draft, I might throw a wrench at you. I might go a different route because even if you have the playbook for my for my fantasy football draft, I'm still going to beat you come seasons in. Just putting it out there. Anyways, uh, <laughs> another week in the books, ready to roll. We're getting ready this next week. Uh, draft ready. time. Draft time is um, is right here and ready to rumble. Uh, we're ready to go. Uh, like I said, it's going to be a busy weekend for podcasts too. So, you know, we're, we might have one show. We might have three shows. Who knows how things unfold this weekend. I'm I'm up and ready for, for some podcasting and some live drafts. So, uh, be ready to go. Be ready to listen to us. Follow us on Twitter at woo underscore fantasy. Interact with the show as well. Send us some tweets, man. You know, I what you know, any kind of ideas for your draft, uh, questions on a trade, keeper, what have you. What I mean, we're here to ready to help you win some money in 2018. Hashtag at woo fantasy on Twitter, and we'll get with you. We'll we'll talk about it on the show. Be ready to listen. Maybe we'll cover your question on the air as well. So, draft time is underway. We're ready to see things come unfold this next week. And be ready to catch us this next week on Woo Fantasy. And we'll see you guys next week.